The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Welcome to episode 52 of Teen Girls Investigate Crime Podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. Uh, I guess there aren't really any announcements today. I don't know. I usually yeah. started off with announcements and now I don't know where to go from here. Um, there's not any announcements, so we're just going to dive right into the case, I guess. Yeah. Um, so today we will be covering the mysterious disappearance of Jody Hoosentrude. I don't This is going to be a struggle. I heard people say it too and I can't. Hoosentrude? I think it's Hoosentrude. Okay. Okay. That's in. Yeah. <laughs> the disappearance of Jody Hoosenchu, which is very mystifying. That was the best word I could find. I for like it. it. It's just it's very I wouldn't call it like I don't I don't know. Mystifying just worked. Mystifying is good because mysterious, like it's not tension holding. Yeah, mystifying is a good mystifying. way. Mystifying. It's a very mystifying disappearance. So let's get started with some background, which there is a lot of. So Jody Sue Hoosentrude was born. The, that's got so much phonetic, like no balance. Like you gotta move your mouth so much when saying that name. Jody Sue Hoosentrude. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Okay. Jody Sue Hoosentrude was born on June 5th of 1968 in Long Prairie, Minnesota, which is like the stupidest place I think I've ever heard of. You know, it doesn't sound real, but it sounds like people showed up there and they were like, "Oh, a Long Prairie, nice." And then they just named it that. Named it that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, she grew up in Long Prairie with her parents, Maurice, and... Something funny to you, is it? No, I'm sorry. It's something funny? You know, we were going to name my car Maurice, and then I got a different car, and the name didn't fit it. Yeah, that's very true, actually. Yeah. Maurice would have been such a good name. It would have! Um, anyway, Maurice and Imogen Jane Hoosentrude. Um, her mom went by Jane, that's why I said mm-hmm. it like that. Um, she also had two older sisters named Joanne and Jill, so love <gasps> Jane names. What? Jill. Oh my god, that's so crazy. It's not like that's, like, a super common name. Yeah, I know. But it's also <laughs> kind of interesting, because, like, I feel every family that has, like, J names, they have them in multiple. Yeah. Like, your family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think people just do that. Like, know. yeah. It's interesting. Interesting. Um, unfortunately, her father did pass away when she was 14, so she tended to just kind of grow up with her mom. Uh, she was on her high school golf team, which actually won the state championship two years in a row while Jody was on the team. Nice. Golf girlies. <laughs> Izzy's golf girl. I literally joined it this year in a win, and I joined the team, and I, we, let's just say we were the second to last in the state of Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was for fun, though. Yeah, and you had fun while doing yeah, it? Yeah, it was really fun. So yeah, that's, that's important, so. Yeah. Golf girlies. Um, anyway, uh, after she finished high school, she attended St. Cloud State University in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Um, another strange name. Yeah. St. Cloud? Did you ever watch that movie? What movie? Charlie St. Cloud. No, I did not. I know that. Don't watch it. It was bad. Oh, what was it about? Zach Efron was in it, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it was about, like, he died, and he was, like, haunting his brother, like, vice versa. Like, one of fuck? Them, <laughs> one of them died, and they were, like, haunting the... It was, it was a mess. I... Interesting. Okay, moving on. Uh, she graduated from St. Cloud State University with a degree in communications in 1990. Uh, her first job was with Northwest Airlines, uh, but she eventually changed career paths into broadcasting. Mm-hmm. So she worked with both CBS and ABC like affiliate networks, both in Iowa and Minnesota. And actually, the job that she had at the time of her disappearance was a TV news anchor at CBS affiliate network called K. KN- K 
K-I-M-T. I was gone, for, like, for too long there. K-I-M-T. I'm not really sure what that stands for, but, yeah. That was, like, the news network in Mason City, Iowa, where she worked. Mm-hmm. So, she actually worked the really early morning shift, so she would go in around, like, 3 o'clock in the oh morning. Oh, my God. Yeah, for the 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock news show, and then she hosted again at noon. That's... Very early. Very early. Like, she was getting up in the middle of the night to go, like... And also, 3 o'clock. What? What's wrong with 3 o'clock? 3 is the demon's hour. It's the devil's hour. Is it really? Yeah. I did not know that. Like, you've never known, like, when you wake up at 3, you're like, oh, shit. Like, I need to go back to sleep right now. Or, like... I mean... You never had that? I wake up at 3 a lot. It kind of freaks me out. But I I don't like waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah. It freaks me out, the concept of it. No, like, um, I don't understand how people are up in the middle of the night, but... No, I go to bed at 9.30 and don't get up until, like, 7. Yeah, I go to bed at, like, 10 and get up at, like, 5.30 because I'm just, like, I don't even know. I sleep like a grandma. Like, we both do. It's kind of bad. Go to bed so early. When we have sleepovers, we don't even stay up until, like... No, we're like, hey, let's go crazy and stay up until midnight. No, literally, midnight is, like, the latest we... I think we may have ever stayed up. Yeah. That's <laughs> so embarrassing. Um, anyways, it's... Jodi used to work, wake up at 3 a.m. for her morning shift. Um, Jodi was described as being incredibly joyful and kind. Um, and there's actually a quote that I found from her diary. She kept a regular, like, journal. Mm-hmm. And this quote is from a year before her disappearance. And mm-hmm. I feel like it just kind of shows a lot about her, so I'll read it. It says, Live with passion daily. Be passionate in everyday life. Live the way I want to live. Be generous, kind. Aw. Yeah. And I, I don't know, something about her, like, keeping a journal every day just, I feel like, shows so yeah. much about her character. Exactly. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to keep a journal, and I do it once, and then I forget about it. I have journals scattered around my room with, like, no, one literally. page written in it. And then I buy a new one, and I'm like, this is gonna be the time. Like, yeah. I'm gonna keep it up. No. No. Or, like, when I was younger, I feel like people would give me, like, journals as, bir- like, birthday yeah. gifts. Yeah, what was up with that? And I would just try to start it, and I would be like... Today, I got really upset because my dog, you know, did something, or, like, something yeah. like that was stupid, and I'll go look back at it, and, and then I'll just never write in it again. Exactly. Or I'll write in it once something, like, really deep, and then, like, I never write in it again. I have, my longest one, I think, was from, like, seven, second grade. I found it one time, and it was so funny. Oh I was God. like, my second grade crush is so mean to me. I think that means he likes me. Like, it was so stupid. No, like, it's so funny, because when you're, like, younger, you think about everything in terms of, like, Disney Channel. That's so true. So it's <laughs> like, like, you look through life with the frame of looking at Disney Channel. Like, I don't even know, like, you're like, oh my god, my crush, he's so mean, but you know, that means we're gonna fall in love. Like, Why is that so true, the fact that, like, I did, like, my whole childhood was set in the tone of Disney Channel? Yes. Like, always thinking about it like Disney Channel. Interesting. I never thought about I it I never thought about it like that. You really just framed it. Like opened I, your eyes. Opened my eyes. You're actually the one that introduced me to Disney Channel. Did you know that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wasn't even allowed to watch it until I was 10. And no way, because I was at your house and I was, like, 5, and I started watching Yeah, I know. I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I loved it. <laughs> like, Jesse, all the way. Love like, Jessie. We were at the prime time of Disney Channel, too. Oh, yeah. Jesse and Good Luck Charlie were my favorites. So good. Okay. No, I was a Disney, S- Disney XD kid. Oh. Uh, I thought that was Disney for skaters. Yeah. Disney for cool people. Oh. I watched Disney Channel. Sometimes Disney Junior. If I felt so inclined. <laughs> I, I liked... Let's Disney. just run it back. Sophie Disney Junior. Sophia the First was really good. Okay, right. Okay, continue. <laughs> I'm going to start on the timeline. So, June 26th of 1995, between the hours of 6 and 7 a.m., um, this actually... This 
just a clarification, this timeline starts like the day before her actual disappearance because there are a few kind of weird things about this day. I feel like we always see this in a lot of missing persons cases. Like, oh, like thinking back on it, this is kind of weird that yeah. this happened. So the morning before, she anchored the morning news like normal between 6 and 7. And at 9, she actually attended a golf tournament fundraiser event with her golf team, which consisted of two local businessmen and a sales associate from the news channel where she worked. And afterwards, she went home to change in the mid-afternoon because it started raining during their match. And by about 3.30, she went back to the country club for the awards ceremony and hung out with her golf team, which is like, okay, queen. Like, <laughs> There's an awards ceremony? Like, what a girl this? boss. <laughs> yeah. You can, play, you can play golf when you're an adult, Izzy? On a team? Maybe. But, like, <laughs> I'm going to make my team. Like, it's going to be a bunch of random people. Okay. Can I play golf? Yes, you should play. All right. I'm just, like, whack the grass. Anyways, it gets a little bit weird at this point. So, two people on our golf team actually said that Jody mentioned that she had been receiving annoying phone calls, whether that was just, like, prank calls or harassment, or if it was just, like, spam calls, you don't really know. But it must have been annoying enough because she mentioned wanting to change her home phone number. That sounds like a pain in the ass. Which is, and it, this is the 90s, too. I imagine that would take a lot of, like, effort. Yeah, so it's, like, no other way to reach you. Like, it's not, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, that would be kind of a big thing. So by 8 p.m., she said bye to her friends at the golf event and went home. And by 8.24, she actually called her friend Kelly, who lived in Mississippi. And Kelly didn't pick up because she wasn't home. So when she called, she ended up chatting with Kelly's husband, who later said Jody sounded, like, cheerful. Yeah, like she was fine yeah. on the phone. And that sounds so weird. She's I don't know. Like, she's like not cheerful. Oh my cheerful. god. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Like sometimes you like do these things and like specific things are weird, but I guess that wasn't. <laughs> so at some point later on in the evening, at an unknown time, Jody's friend John Vancis, Vancis, I don't Vancis, <laughs> who was twenty two years older than her, stopped by to show her a video he took at her birthday party earlier in the month. Why? That gives me such bad vibes. That's so weird. Let me just stop by your house and show you this video randomly. No, I don't like this guy at all. First of all, 22 years older. No. And they're just buddies. Just butts, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What? You just said they're just butts? Buds. Oh, I thought you said butts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they're just butts, Jillian. (laughs) No, but when I was reading this, apparently he threw her, like, a surprise party and then took a video at it and then insisted by coming by at this time to, like, show her the video. But you know what this reminds me of? What? You know in Love Actually, when the friend who, like, has a crush on his, like, friend's wife or whatever yeah, 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 comes yeah. by and he shows her the video because she was like, I want pictures of my wedding. And then the video is, like, all of her. And it's, like, super <laughs> weird. So creepy, this is actually. what I pictured this conversation and being like, yeah. I don't know why. It just, that's what, like, brought up. Yeah, that's just weird. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't like it. And after this, it's not even confirmed where Jodi was for the remainder of the night. So even though she didn't really disappear into the following day, is it possible that something happened the night before? Okay, I feel like maybe. Yeah, like if it's not confirmed, I don't know. But also, like, she did live alone. She did live alone. So you never... never She could have just been asleep, but she also could have been, like... Gone the night before, and you never know. I mean, I don't think she was gone, because there was, like, weird... True. Stuff that happened the next like, day. I don't know. But I th- I almost feel like John did something the night before. Like, maybe he was already Ooh, there. I don't know. Maybe. We'll get more into that in Suspects in Theory later. Yes. Okay. So, June 27th, 1995, next day. At 3 a.m., she didn't arrive on time for work. And 
she usually arrived at three to host the news at six, obviously. And by four, she still hadn't arrived, and her producer, Amy Coons, called Jody. And she said that she sounded fine and that she just overslept, and Jody said that she would be at work really soon. And by five, despite Jody only living like five minutes away from the news studio, she's still not arrived. And at this point, Amy called her again, and she didn't answer. And by the time of six, Jody still had not arrived, and Amy had to host the segment by herself. So, just weird. Obviously, like, this is already out of character for her. Yeah. And especially since she said she was going to come in. Mm-hmm. So, by 7, Amy asked a co-worker to call Jody to check in, and a little bit later, the Mason City Police actually got a call from a manager at the studio requesting a welfare check on Jody. So, the police arrived at her house a few, minute, a few minutes later, and they immediately knew that something was off, just because, like, the um, scene in the parking lot of her apartment complex... So, Jody's very new red Mazda Miata was left in the parking lot. If you don't know what type of car that is, it's like a convertible. Like, they're sleek as hell. I'm just gonna say, like, I can totally imagine this girl riding that car. So, there were drag marks on the pavement, which indicated stroke. Like, that's just scary. No, That's so scary to me. Because, I mean, she was dragged. I don't think we've ever had a case before where the victim was dragged off the scene. And they knew. Yeah. Like, they could tell. And there were scattered items around the scene, including a bent car key, her red heels, her blow dryer, her earrings, some papers. And these items were all usually kept in the tote bag that she took to work, but no bag was ever recovered from the scene. And there's also a palm print found on the side of her car. So it's just like, was she like getting ready for work and like going to get into her car? And then someone grabbed her. Yeah. That's Terrible. That's horrifying. Oh my god, that's so scary. No, because it must have been so scary for her to, like, on a daily basis have to go from her apartment into the parking lot. At 3. At 3 a.m. And, you know, like, I feel like she, like, probably felt like she was so safe. Like, she's literally about to get in her car. Because, like, yeah. the key was, like, in the door and it got bent or whatever. So she Ugh. was, like, almost in her car and then someone just, like, attacked her. That's that's literally so... That's, that's my worst fear. That's someone, so like, as a girl who has a car and, like, drives by herself a lot of the time... Like, it's so scary to think about that happening. I don't know. At least you're not out at 3 a.m. Exactly. So, the investigation. After searching the parking lot, the police actually searched her apartment, but nothing was out of place. And, I mean, this makes sense because the scene of the crime seems to be in the parking lot, like the drag marks, all the stuff scattered around. And the only weird thing they noted was that there were two wine glasses on the counter and the toilet seat was left open. So, obviously, like, a dude peed there. No, that bothers me so bad that there was a toilet seat left up. Yeah, because that means that she was, like... Well, that dude, he did come over to her apartment, right? I know, but that... Okay, think about the probability of this. Because I was thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe her friend John took a piss when he was over there. (laughs) But, like, think about this. He was over at, like... He said, it must have been sometime after she called her friend, so like yeah. 8 30, 9 o'clock, whatever. Yeah. You're telling me she didn't pee after that in all of that hours? Exactly. Think about that. And like getting up early, like she didn't go into the bathroom to get ready and close the toilet. Yeah. Seat. Or even pee. I'm sorry. Who gets up in the morning without peeing? Oh my god, that's so weird to think Cause about. Because that means someone was there like at the same time that she was leaving. Because there's no way she would, like, had her toilet seat up, like, cleaning the toilet that early if she overslept. No. There's literally no other reason. Some, like, unless she was there, like, standing up or something. Like, I, I, I'm just saying. Like, think about, (laughs) like, like, it's weird. Someone else had to have been there, in my opinion. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know. I just feel like... I'm kind of type A. I feel like we both are. And if I walked in the bathroom and the toilet was up, I I would immediately close it. Immediately. Uh Uh-huh. Even if I wasn't going to the bathroom, I'd just close it. Yeah, because that would bother me. Yeah. Especially so, it's like, 
a woman who lived alone? Like, yeah. why would the toilet seat be up? Why would it be up? And also the two wine glasses. Yeah. So they also began talking to neighbors to see if they'd heard or seen anything. And one neighbor actually reported hearing a scream around 4.30 a.m., but that hasn't been corroborated. But, I mean, that would make sense with the timeline. Mm-hmm. And John Vinicius? Why? Vincice. Vincice came by and actually told the police he had been there the night before, which is just, like, interesting, like, hmm, what is he doing, like, inserting himself into the situation or just, like, clearing his name or being too cooperative. No, I don't... So sus. Because he just showed up at the scene and told them that. Yeah, like, trying to, yeah, like, typical killer thing. And a man who actually lived up the street also said that he saw a light-colored van in the lot around the time he left for work, which is about 4 or 4.30, and this van was never found. And a final neighbor came forward and said that she'd also heard yelling, but not that morning. She said that she had actually heard yelling outside of Jody's door the night before. So just, like, everything's kind of convoluted. You just wanted to use that I word. I love that word. I love that word. Um, no, but someone heard yelling outside of her door the night before, so what if John got there and he was super mad? And the video mm-hmm. thing was, like, some sort of weird excuse, and he, like, wanted to put himself at the scene. Yeah, because it's, like, something that can't prove that he showed to her. Yeah. Right? Ooh. Ooh, okay, interesting. hmm And maybe it was just, like, him trying to put reasoning befi- behind going over there. Yeah, I don't... Like, so it's just so weird. And, um... Searches encompassed, like, hundreds of miles around, like, the area, and it was one of the biggest search efforts in Iowa history. So it's just, like, nothing, no stone was left unturned, at least not that we but can, like, clearly found. see. And she just disappeared into thin air. Okay, suspects and theories time. Suspects and theories. I love theories for disappearance cases. I, if that makes so me a horrible person. No, they're so interesting. Yeah. Because it's, like, it could literally be anything. Uh-huh. Especially in a case like this. Like, that's it. Like, all the evidence was that there was just, like, stuff on the ground. Yeah. And she was dragged. Yeah. Okay. Insane. hmm The first one we're gonna go over, drug ring. I knew you would like this. So, at the time of Jody's disappearance, there were a lot of drug sales occurring in Mason City. And, like, I mean, you're in Iowa and, like, Minnesota. Like, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> Anyways, it was actually considered a drug capital specifically for meth. Corroborated my point I just made. <laughs> and as a TV news anchor, Jody obviously covered this case a few times on news and cases surrounding it, like drug cases, whatever. And there's also a rumor that Jody was investigating this further on her own, which might make sense because she had a really big career aspirations and she could have thought this was like her big break. I mean, obviously, like it's an opportunity to continue researching and delve into something and maybe, like, uncover something mm-hmm. that would make her, like, well-known. And it's possible that maybe her investigations were annoying the people in charge of these drug rings. And, you know, people who, like, piss off drug lords tend to disappear without a trace. <laughs> the way you just like, said turn that. into the godfather. <laughs> yeah, what was that? <laughs> no, but, like, I think that's... I mean, I think that makes sense. Yeah. I think, I think people who piss off druggies, like, you know, you've seen Euphoria. <laughs> That's literally what I'm going off literally, of. like, Euphoria, obviously, real life. Yeah. It's like that scary drug drug human trafficking lady. I forget what her name is in season two. She's oh, like, my God. She's well, like, I know a lot of dangerous people. <laughs> I can make you disappear. <laughs> she's, like, sticking her with, like, what was she? She's, like, making her go to sleep. Yeah, that was weird. I don't know. That, like, Euphoria season two scared me a lot. It was scary. It was truly terrifying. Okay, next theory. 
the stalker theory. Mm-hmm. So a common theory in this case is that Jodie was stalked, which makes a lot of sense because she was like a TV anchor person. Yeah. And actually that's like a, a lot of... Thing. Yeah, a lot of people who are TV news anchors will get stalked. It is a very common thing. It's like people tend to feel closer to them because they're yeah, like in mm-hmm. their house all the time. Yeah, you're like the face of Iowa. Sure. Um, but yeah, so it actually happens a lot, which is super scary, and I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, also, it was the 90s, so her information, like address, phone number, were listed in a public phone book. That was a thing? Like, I didn't realize your address was in there. Nope, it. apparently her address was in there. Oh my god. So, anyone could find out exactly where she lived and, you know, her number, so if they wanted to give her annoying phone calls the day before. <gasps> there you go. They could have done it. Also, whoever this person was clearly, like, kind of knew her schedule because she mm-hmm. knew, like, they knew that she would have been on her way to work. Mm-hmm. Also, there was this weird incident previously where she was followed by a car while on the run. On, on uh, a run? I was not on, on the, the run. run. I was like, whoa. <laughs> she was on a run, and she was being followed by a car, and it really like, shook her up so much that she called the police about it and, like, called her mom after crying. Like, oh. So she could have already had a stalker, and this is just them, like, getting, Continu- yeah, actually, escalating. Yeah. Um, anyway... Jody was running late on the day that she disappeared. She was running late by, like, over an hour. Mm-hmm. And so if there was a stalker, he would have been there at 3 a.m. and most likely not have waited for over an hour for Jody to leave her house. Yeah. Like, if you're a stalker, you're very methodical, so you think, oh, you know, I made it here at 3 a.m., I probably missed her, or she's exactly. not going to work today, and so then you leave. leave. I, I can't imagine a stalker waited over an hour for her. No, waited over an hour and then decided to take her. Yeah, like, I just spent all the time. I don't know. Um, and so while it seems like Jody's attacker kind of knew her schedule, I think it's unlikely that I was a stalker just because I feel like the stalker would have left. Yeah, like it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. However, I do feel like maybe it was someone who knew stuff about her. Oh my gosh, dude. Mm. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm I was that. like. I was trying to think of a... There's a link. Did I continue? <laughs> okay. Okay. Is um, that the word? Is no. that the phrase? What is it? I don't know. Dare to go on? Dare to go on? Yeah, maybe. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Dare to build a punch. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, the other theory that I kind of came up with is that it was nice. someone she knew, but yes. more specifically, John. Yes. And 100%. Hear, hear me out on this. I think John is sketchy in general. I mean, like, he's 22 years older than her. They're, like, buddy-buddy. Buddy-buddy. But, like, he's so much older than her. Yeah. And not like a, oh, that's like an age gap. That's like a lot older. No, like the toilet seat, the wine glasses. He graduated college the year she was born. Jail. So old. So bad. So old. So old. Okay. He was supposedly there the night before. He literally inserted himself into that situation and, you know... That's just what killers do. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, in, in my personal opinion, if it was him, like, he would have been there the night before, which would explain the two wine glasses. Exactly. You know, had a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And why he would have been, like, said he was there the night before, so that, like, if, you know, they found his DNA or something at the crime scene or any evidence yeah. that he had been there, he was like, oh, yeah, I did come by for the video or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, even he could explain the wine glass. Oh, yeah, we had a glass of wine while we watched the video. But like, the handprint. On the car. I Couldn't know. they have tested that to be him? They could have. I don't know if they have. I think DNA's been pretty slow in this case. Yeah. Cases like this make me want to be a police officer because I'm like, ooh, the drag works. Ooh. We got, mm, got to test this. Mm. 
the urine sample from the toilet. <laughs> there was no urine sample. <laughs> okay. But you never know. Also, I definitely think, even if, okay, let's say this even wasn't John. I think that she definitely had a dude over the night before. Uh-huh. And that's why she was late, too. Yeah, no, this is my thinking. And this is exactly my thinking. Is he basically, even if it wasn't John, I think she definitely had a dude over the night before, which mm-hmm. explained the wine glasses. Yeah. Then the toilet seat was left up, probably because exactly. they woke up in the morning and dude had to take a piss. Yep. Toilet seat was left up, and she was running late, which would make sense, because, you know, she was, she had a guy over, and then the night, yeah. next day, her producer's like, dude, where the fuck are you? And she's like, oh shit, I got a guy I gotta get rid of. No, you're like, oh my goodness, I gotta go. Yeah, exactly, and I think that just makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. Like, almost too much. But anyway, if there was a guy with her when she was leaving her apartment, nothing would have happened to her. So that makes me think, whoever the guy was... He was the one who did it. Exactly. Hmm... Doesn't that make a lot of sense? It does. I think she knew him. Yeah, and so whether that be John or somebody else, something must have gone down where someone, like, there was some drama or something, and he yeah. was like, gotta shut her up. He was like, and then gotta go, gotta go, gotta go right now. <laughs> okay. But yeah. anyway, I think that's exactly what happened, and I think I'm right. And also, like, think about it like this. They must have known her to some extent, because she was a news anchor. Yeah. Like, it, it's not like she was a random person. Mm-hmm. And she's on her way to work. Mm-hmm. I, like, who's going to take the risk to, like, someone who has to be on live television every single day? Like, they had to know her. Yeah. And also, I just don't think a chance kidnapper is roaming around at 3 a.m. No. Like, I'll be honest. Like, 3 a.m. is a creepy time and all, but I don't think, cha- like, random kidnappers and no. serial killers are driving around at 3 a.m. They got to sleep, too. No, but it just grabs her and, like, drag Like, no. Uh-uh. This is not, like, Someone, dragging. Like, this is seems methodically. Bad. Yeah. Also, I will say, like, we've never had a case before where we've seen dragging. No. If that was, like, some sort of, like, serial killer or something that had been happening before, yeah. like, that would have been, like, a notice pattern. Yeah. So I just think that this was, like, someone probably only acted once just to attack her. Yeah. And it was, like, planned and knew her. Yeah. yeah. And they've never been caught. Never, ever. And she's never been found really sad actually it's really sad okay anyway this was the disappearance of jody houston true tune in again in two weeks for another new episode and in the meantime follow us on instagram at tgic.podcast bye, bye.